welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loizel, and with me today is my co-host, Mark Salcedo. So, uh, I have to tell you something. Okay, I'm all ears, because I have headphones on. You, I'm know, all ears. you oh. know how you were talking shit earlier today? <laughs> yeah, as I do always. You know what I should have said to you? What? Now, say some more shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll knock your ass right back down. Fake ass wannabe preacher. No members have a motherfucker. I couldn't have said that any wider. That's, that's a very Chris Tucker line. And that was a very white delivery. Yeah, I aim to deliver. You aim to deliver? Mm-hmm. I like it. I still think it's funny. Especially the motherfucker part. Motherfucker. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to pretend I'm black by... Saying it like, nah, but put, some, you know. put some bowels behind it. Like, more food. That, actually, that sounds bad too. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I'll shut up now. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Yeah, because it'll just be me for the rest of the podcast. Hi. <laughs> um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at The Real Appeal, two E's in real, uh, The Real Appeal at gmail.com. Um, please review us on iTunes, you know, so we can get noticed. Mm hmm. We want to get notice. Uh, we have the news today, a recent review of *The Five Bloods*, *Variety Time*, uh, *Black Art* and documentaries you should watch, and *Geriatric Cinematic* is 1995's *Dead Presidents*. What's the topic, Mark? The topic for this week is brothers surviving war abroad and at home. I feel like I was trying to sell it to a game show. <laughs> yeah, this is um, I'm actually I've actually been wanting to show you Dead Presidents for a while. Mm-hmm. This is a film I really enjoyed watching growing up, even though it's like violent as hell. Yeah. Um, but it's from the Hughes brothers, and I used to really like the Hughes brothers' work. Like um, you used to, but you don't anymore. I don't. I don't check out their stuff. Like they kind of they kind of gone their own ways. Oh. But, um, I mean, they did, like, Minister Society, um, even, like, From Hell, which is a pretty good movie. Um, the last good movie that I remember seeing was, like, Book of Eli, mm-hmm. and it had a really good kind of surprise ending. Or I, like didn't, a little I didn't watch that one. Book of Eli? That's mm-hmm. what Denzel Washington? Yeah, and, I, know, I know. It came out a few years ago, and mm-hmm. um, I, wasn't, I was on the fence about it. Were you really? Yeah. Okay. It's, I, it's, I think you should check it out. I like it. I think it's really good. Yeah. It's just a Washington just being a badass, you know. Just awesome. being a badass. You know, like his usual self. Yeah, like always. He's always being a badass. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I just want to say that because the topic is what it is, like, we're probably going to get political. Yeah. Um, I, I would oh, imagine yeah. that we are, again, because we did, we did last week, and I don't think we're going to be as politically heavy as we were last week. But I mean, I think it's going to be worse because of really? variety time and that one documentary mm, I want to talk oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? You're right. Oh shit. I don't care. No, I don't care either. Are there, with, the, I, with the climate that's going on right now, mm. I don't. I think it's important not to have a filter. Yeah, I know, and I know a lot of people um, that are listening to podcasts or who listen to this, they're like, "Oh, I just kind of want to escape from all the shit that's happening and the topics of race and everything." It's just like, "Nah, nigga, you can't escape this." <laughs> Like, I'm, like, not sorry, but, yeah, we got to talk about stuff like this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially, like, we always try to have a um, an artistic spin on it, too. We don't want to just get on a soapbox and just scream 
Oh, I do. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know one documentary you were going to really, you're really going to um, get into it too. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't shut up about it for the last two days. No, you did not. And I really need to check out that documentary. But we'll, we'll you guys will find out exactly what, what we're referring to once we get into variety time. But first, Cops is canceled by Paramount Network. Woo, 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 And woo. unfortunately, Live PD is maybe going to return. Oh, that's right. I thought I saw... I, this, I mean, this article might be a bit old. I think I saw that they might not be coming back at all. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes me happy. Yeah. Um, the, I guess, Cops' six-year run on Paramount Network... Um, it's it's end it's ended right um they pulled it last week and cops is not on the paramount network and we don't have any current or future plans for it to return um which is what a spokesperson said Mm. um in a statement to deadline so for me that's a really important step forward and honestly like even for background noise i would put on like fbi files or like Mm -hmm. You know, things like that. And my older daughter seems to kind of like the crime shows. Yeah, but those those crime shows, those are more of like investigating one particular crime, right? And to kind of see how the case was solved or not solved. I don't even care. I don't want to watch any of it now because I okay. think it's all bullshit. Okay. Gotcha. It, I mean, it doesn't matter. There's police brutality, but even investigations are bullshit because mm. you know that... Um, there especially minority families don't see the justice that they deserve because yeah. you know investigators aren't doing their part so yeah they're like half-assing it and shit like that they're yeah. like you know they don't see themselves as this particular minority group and they're just like yeah we'll try our best yeah so i'd like i don't know like i have a bad taste in my mouth over it i don't even want to watch any crime shows mm. um cops is Excuse me. Uh, Cops' uh, 33rd season was supposed to premiere yesterday. 33rd season. I'm 32, so. Fuck, this guy. The show's older than me. Jesus. I I mean, I remember watching Cops um, middle school and high school um, Mm -hmm. for like a hot minute. Um, That's what everybody was talking about during middle school was watching Cops. And I remember that they were selling like uncensored uncut like versions of cops you know mm-hmm. the stuff that we couldn't show on tv you know be like i don't know some butt naked ass man running through the streets high <laughs> off meth or something like that or you know a hooker getting busted or the stuff that's a little bit too intense even yeah. though it was just kind of like oh did that like a few seconds to it all right whatever <laughs> yeah um the only memory i really have of cops is mm. My mom making fun of me after I was singing to the theme song. <laughs> can can you give it? Can you give us a little little dingle, a little dingle or whatever. A little dingle. Well, how do you say? It? Like, give us like a little bit of that. Of the jingle. Jingle, yeah, yeah. I should have stuck with jingle. A little bit of that jingle from Cops. <laughs> Are you a rendition of it? Um. <laughs> you don't have to do it. I, I'm just messing with you if you don't want to. I haven't done it in so long. I don't remember. And then it's front, since then, I've kind of learned the words. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it would be authentic. Uh, it, it would be authentic if you go. That's authentic. No, it does not sound <laughs> yeah, like. Because no one knew that. No one knew those lyrics for years. For <laughs> years. That's all they would say. They made a joke about that on, on um, I think, the first Bad Boys movie. They made a joke about that. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's my. Uh, you know, everyone got your rendition. You sound very Asian. <laughs> yeah, very. <laughs> so yeah, cops is cops is what well, is canceled. It's just not. There, there is a lot of um, there is a lot of cop shows or um, cop reality shows that are being either taken off or reevaluated. Mm-hmm. No lie, there is a call. There's a petition to end Paw Patrol. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, I didn't know there was actually was a petition, but I th- I saw somebody make like a, a meme or something, and mm-hmm. I thought it was like, haha, that's funny. Mm. But it really made sense to me in a way. What and it's not mean? the only, um, I don't know all the kids shows anymore because my kids are getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, I know about, uh, about Paw Patrol. Yeah. But there's a few, like another one that's like kind of law enforcement based. Oh, I, I don't doubt that. And um, I kind of agree with that. Well, we can't uh, get rid of Paw Patrol. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Because like you're teaching children that it's safe to go talk to the authorities and then yeah like, that's proven that's that as time's going on that's been proven not the case exactly there was an article that i saw that um i forgot what count which county but it was like a sheriff county and they had like 13 years of backed up uh rape rape kits that that's all across the nation yeah that just have not been tested mm-hmm. and i was just like Yo, and they the won't f- be tested because they're past um in, in a lot of cases, they're past the oh, statute that, of limitations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I saw on Twitter is this former cop mm-hmm. who um, was in Ontario Police Department up in Canada. Okay. Um, and he said, this is the reason why uh, the good cops, mm-hmm. like, there are no good apples because when you have the bad cops doing stuff and you want to tell on them and you keep going higher and higher and higher. They always cover up like every single oh, level yeah. to the point where he was moved around in the, in the department. Yeah. I and heard then, stories about that. yeah. And then he ended up getting fired. Yeah. I heard stories about that. There's, there was a lady. Um, I know we like, we took oh, way step the fuck back off of the news, but, um, there was a lady, she, um, her partner was choking out, uh, a suspect. And she got on top of her partner, like, like, stop choking him. Like, stop it. You're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And she filed a, a formal complaint, and they fired her. Yeah. It's so, a bullshit. So it, I, I know it's, like, kind of a tangent, but to circle back, mm-hmm. all, all of this is saying you are either creating an environment with TV shows that says you should trust the police or mm. you're adding entertainment value and it's encouraging the police to be corrupt. Yeah, and to be like more intense, more mm-hmm. uh, more excessive for right. the cameras and stuff and like that. And so if the public isn't willing to put a stop to it, mm. even on the smallest level of Paw Patrol, you know, like it starts with cops, that's a good start. Yeah. But um, we need to do more. So Paw Patrol, cool. Like, do it. Yeah. Yeah, there was even uh, an article that popped up about how the video game industry is like reevaluating the, the their views on cops in video games, like Grand Theft Auto. No, not like Grand Theft Auto. Like there are several games where you you are essentially part of the law enforcement, and oh. of course you are looked upon as a badass. You jump with two guns in the air, screaming ah, and firing bullets and stuff like that, and eventually, 
you play enough of that as you get older you're like i want to do that uh i mean there's a whole movie hot fuzz where they decided to make fun of that shit i'm on the fence about that because that's kind of a tired argument where video games video games don't create enough mm-hmm. movement like yeah yeah that i fully agree with yeah so like i'm not gonna be like i like call of duty mm-hmm. i'm not gonna sit here and be like yeah like let's go into these foreign countries mm. and kill all the russians that are on the other side like mm. um i just like playing shooting games yeah but um that's why you play like halo or some, halo they don't all soul. move the same yeah i know yeah i mean they're like the call of duty fans they're the there's the Bo- um not borderlands um well, borderlands. borderlands yeah yeah i'm trying to remember the other game um it's this really popular shooter that's on Yes. Titan, there's Titanfall. No, uh, no, I think it's like Apex. Titan? Apex Legends. Apex Legends is one of them. Um, what's that one our our girls used to play? The shooter. Overwatch. Overwatch. I mean, yeah. There's, I don't. They're so clunky though. Yeah, but those are like cartoons and stuff like that. And sometimes people they want like a more realistic aspect to it. Yeah. So and you know that's why Call of Duty is still making those boo boo bucks and shit like that or yeah. EA games. All right, so what else happened in the news is that AMC says uh, they're almost, almost all the U.S. theaters are going to reopen in July. Uh, uh, so a report came out that the chain had a loss of $2 billion with a B in the most recent quarter in the, since the pandemic has happened. Um, they are taking steps to open up these theaters and to do the best they can to, like, keep crowds apart and everything um david a gross from uh, a franchise entertainment research said movie gross will be looking to looking to be reassured of the conditions that are completely safe um theater execs um they're very confident that they are going to have like these aggressive safety measures and they're going to start limiting the capacity to about 25 percent uh, during the lease initially like at the beginning mm-hmm I don't know. I mean, I don't really know how this is going to work. Um, well, okay. Let me just go a little bit further. Uh, so theaters are going to allow uh, patrons to pay with their phone, the order concessions with their phones. Uh, seats will be sanitized every uh, each or each showtime. Uh, California officials ask theater owners to consider using disposable seat covers. And theater employees will be required to wear masks. Moviegoers will be only encouraged to wear them. I know I've been seeing a lot of polls and they ask the question, if the theaters open up tomorrow, how how, would you go to the theaters? And like 80 percent is like, no. So like you see all the little teenagers and shit that are working there, right? Like they're not going to take it seriously. That's the reason why I don't want to go. Yeah, that and plus, I mean, they don't they like they don't do that good of a job cleaning. Well, another thing is like a lot of these theater chains, the the supplies for uh, like the wipes, spray, like sanitation to change seat covers. That's going to cost that's going to cost some serious dough, mm-hmm. especially if they're doing it with each um, with each show. And I highly doubt they're going to have it like how they used to where you can, you know, fucking see a movie. Or see a list of movies, and there's like a different movie that's playing every like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I doubt it's going to be like that. It may be like maybe three or four showings of one particular movie, and then more of, like the more independent theaters. 
yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the independent theater uh, model. Um, but at the same time, nothing's really coming out. I mean, tenant. What's our other? We have another story that about tenant being pushed back, yeah, even though it's going only to July thirty first. Yeah, see, tenant's getting pushed back, which means Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is getting pushed back. Mm-hmm. And then um, I saw there's a couple. There's like a Russell Crowe movie that's supposed to be coming out like in August, and Bill and Ted uh, Face the Music supposed to drop in August, but like the summer blockbuster um, season mm-hmm. is gone. Like it's fucking gone, I and I know. I mean, if if they want to, if these studios want to get their fucking money back, I think they really need to hold off just a little bit longer. Yeah. Because, um, there are spikes happening again, and it's not because of of the recent protests. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's because the Black Lives Matters protests." These spikes have are, are, have been happening because of Memorial Day. Everybody and, lost their shit. They're like, oh, we're free. Yeah, and then the dumbass people who are like, I, I'm protesting because I want a fucking haircut. Because there's like a two-week incubation period. Yeah. So, so like next week, we'll start seeing. Next week, we might see a spike. I, I'm i hoping we don't because the protests that I went to and the pictures of um, other protests and stuff like that that I've seen, a lot of them are wearing masks. They're taking precautions to, to not have as much of a spike. It doesn't matter. You know the masks are kind of bullshit. I mean, not entirely bullshit. They're, they're not entirely bullshit, but like when you're shoulder to shoulder, mm-hmm. they're bullshit. Well, they're like it's that, supposed to be like just on the off chance because I think Dr. Fauci is the one who said that even six feet isn't quite enough. But if mm-hmm. you're six feet away and you're wearing a mask, you're safe. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that it's enough to just wear a mask and people don't wear them right. Yeah. They're just not um like they're not the n95 masks so yeah that's true um there was a, another report from the who institute that said like there was a drop of about 80 percent of coronavirus cases because people were wearing masks mm-hmm. so hopefully that is something to so that is uh, a, a sign of hope yeah that it won't be as bad i'm just saying like what we have with the spikes now especially like in arizona mm-hmm. memorial day yeah, um, but they like I say they weren't taking the precautions. They were being fucking idiots and stuff like that. Yeah. At least during the recent protests, there are somewhat precautions. Well, because the like, smarter people were out. Yeah, smarter exactly. <laughs> people they were out protesting this time around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm I can wait. I mean, it sucks if they really try to push Tenet to um to like. I mean, like I say, Tenet is supposed to debut on July 31st. I can wait. I mean, I love Christopher Nolan, but I like living more. <laughs> you know, I got I got a kid to worry about. I have your girls to worry about. I have my mom who's getting up there in age to worry about. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't I don't want to be a petri. petri that's dis. why you haven't been out of the protests. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I haven't been out of the protests. And that fucking kills me, too, because I I want to be in that shit. Yeah, I mean, but we, we all know there's other ways to support, you know, donations, ACLU, Black Lives Matter, Global Unit, uh, Global Network, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, anybody who's listening, if you're feeling bad about not going to protest, make make the donations to help to help this uh, bring awareness to this. You know, and make sure you tell people how stupid they are when they're, you know. <laughs> All lives matter. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Um. 
So the tail end of our news. It's yeah. not a whole lot, but fuck, I have to mention it. I know. That's why I didn't cut it. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, you're excited and yeah. I kind of want to play it if too. If you would have cut this, I would have been like, no, we put it back in. You're dead to me. You're dead to me. Okay. Marvel's Marvels. <laughs> Uh, there was a... Uh, Marvel's Marbles. Mm-hmm. Marvel's Marbles. There was a... Um, uh, what's it called? Like a virtual conference for uh, the PS PS5. And they showcase a bunch of games coming out for the PS5. And one of them is Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Woo! Woo! Sorry about that. <laughs> I got so stoked seeing this. So they showed a, they showed a, bit, of, a bit of clip of the game. Um, don't know how it's it's a game engine, so we don't know how authentic it is going to look when, by the time it comes out. But um, there, so far, this game you will play Miles Morales, um, who um, has been more well known since Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, the details of the video games are very scarce, um, but the game is in development. I've heard two conflicting stories. One is that it's a whole game. It's just a whole new Spider-Man game. Mm-hmm. Another one is that it's not a whole game. It's more of an expansion, mm-hmm. but you will get a, a lot of gameplay. It's not like how the, the other Spider-Man game that came out. I heard that it's kind of like a four-hour like standalone mm-hmm. in the same universe as like as Spider-Man. Spider-Man. So it's they're saying standalone, but it's still downloadable content. Okay. Um, that's what I, I also heard both of those, like, yeah, like one, one exec had said like, oh, it's one exec said like, no, it's not. I know one exec said, yeah, it's, it's an expansion. It's a DLC. Another, again, a game developer, uh, was like, no, no, it's a game, but like, um, but it's downloadable content still. So it's like they're parsing words. Um, the best comparison I heard was it's like, it's like this game. It's like the uncharted legacy game which was a continuation of the uncharted story but it was like through other people Mm -hmm. and it was this it wasn't as long it wasn't like 36 hours or anything like that it was like eight hours of gameplay or something like that yeah um i don't give a fuck i can't wait to play this game (laughs) i can't i mean i want i want in a whole game so i can just play it like 30 times over and over again and shit like that Mm -hmm. but just the fact that we are getting miles morales in in a spider-man game i'm so so i love miles morales i felt i've kind of fallen off from keeping up with him in the comics but ever since that character has been created the fact that he is he is half african and half spanish i was just like yo this is my guy yeah like straight up and i remember when that game dropped i was over here came downstairs you can see in my eyes you're like what i was like oh my god and i gave like this huge hug i was like was, almost cry- i think it was like the most painful hug i've ever gotten from you <laughs> yeah i was like almost crying my daughter was like why don't you hug me i was like well, come here, give me this hug and show you this game she even like went to her mother and she was like mark gave kelsey a hug like it's a spider-man instead of giving me a hug i was like god damn it <laughs> um but yeah like i said there's the the any any development or any details on the project is very scarce. But, I mean, it's coming. I'm so stoked for this shit. Mm. So stoked. I'm hoping that there's enough hype surrounding it mm. that they'll make it a whole movie. That was my ankle, in case you heard I mean, one. You mean, <laughs> are you talking about uh, they make it a whole game? Yeah. I, uh, like, cause I mean, since it's still being made, yeah. and it sounds like it's pretty early, mm. 
Um, I'm hoping that they just are like, okay, people really want this. Let's do it right. Yeah, I don't, um, from what I read, there's no precise release date. Um, well, from this article, it says there's no precise release date. Uh, however, I think I, I could be just imagining this. I think I saw something that it might come out by the time the PS5 comes out. And that's supposed to be like the end of the year. Yeah. Something that, like that. that. That's like not a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, but that's that's normal how they do, especially when a new gaming system comes out. They want to release it around Christmas time because that's when people are, are going to be fucking buying that shit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Anything else? Are we done? No, we're good. Uh, we're going to go to our recent review of The Five Bloods. Black G.I., is it fair to serve more than the white Americans that sent you here? Nothing is more confused than to be ordered into a war to die without the faintest idea of what's going on. I dedicate this next record to the soul brothers of the 1st Infantry Divisions. Gentlemen, welcome back to Vietnam. Look what I found. You're the man in all his glory. Who was that guy? That brother was the best damn soldier that ever lived. We bury it. Later on, we come back and collect. The synopsis is four African-American vets battle the forces of man and nature when they return to Vietnam seeking the remains of their fallen squad leader and the gold fortune he helped them hide. Directed by Spike Lee, who did Miracle at St. Anna, Inside Man, and Do the Right Thing. Uh, written by Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo, who they're both pretty much as video game writers. Yeah, uh, Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo worked on The Rocketeer. I think that's like their last live action thing, but they've been mainly just working on video games. Yeah. Um, also, Kevin Wilmot, um, who did Black Klansman with Spike Lee, um, and Spike Lee also wrote this as well, so I had four writers. Mm-hmm. Um, stars Del Rolindo. But, you know, that's the guy that you... You're what? like you. I don't. I felt like you were like so excited he was in this. You're like, Del Rolando's in it, and then like a week later, Del Rolando, like that guy. We met him. You know, people are just really. You know, <laughs> the people okay. are really uh, surprised to know that he's British. Okay, next week. You know, Del Rolando's <laughs> British. <laughs> I like Del Rolando. He's a great actor. I know. I'm just picking on you. I know. Um, it's got Jonathan Majors, Clark Peters. Uh, Norm Lewis, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Melanie Thierry, Paul Walter Hauser. Four steps ahead. <laughs> and Jasper Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, his name is Pakonan. 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 I think he's actually French. Really? I think so. Well, Jasper actually is kind of like a French name. Uh, um, you know what's funny? What's funny? Um... Black Pan- the uh, Black Panther guy is not on this list. Oh, Chadwick Boseman? Yeah, he was on here, too. Oh, yeah, Storm and, Mormon. Storm and Norman. Yeah, he's in it, but surprisingly, he's not in it a whole lot. He's probably in the movie, I would probably say, like, eight minutes at a time. Oh, no, eight, like, eight minutes in total. You know what? Hmm. Like, 
There's something about his eyes. That's it was very distracting. Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's that? What what's up with his eyes? <laughs> you make it sound like he has a disability. Like yeah, what's I'm, up I'm with like, his eyes? well, why? What what is it? <laughs> well, okay, so like in Black Panther, he was like really expressive or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like it was such a huge story mm. that it wasn't. He wasn't distracting because everything was real emotional in that. Oh, okay. But he kind of stood out in this a little bit. Okay. Um, his eyes are like really expressive. Like you get yeah. lost in them. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't think I've ever gotten lost in like a black actor's eyes the way you could get mm. lost in his. What about um? Oh, what's a black actor that we really like? Sterling K. Brown. Yeah. What about his eyes are intense. So. So I don't know what it is, but it's like Sterling K. Brown. Uh-huh. You can he acts with his eyes. Yeah, like that's like emotion, whatever. His mm-hmm. lips quiver too. Like mm-hmm. um, Chadwick Boseman. It's like <sighs> I don't know how to explain it. It's not that he's mm-hmm. like acting with his eyes, but mm-hmm. it's almost like there's some kind of um, some night like naivety or something oh, okay i didn't like, think of it like, like that. like there's something innocent there mm, okay um and you you want to know more okay like i don't know like i get lost like okay gotcha gotcha yeah like even though he's telling the you know the guys like and you know he's a squad leader so that i mean that's not a that's not a secret um you know he's leading his men like he you could tell he really cares about them like as a character yeah but, like, I feel like he should run for world leader or something. Like, in real life? <laughs> like, not, not literally, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, well, like... He, you know, that's, well, to, to... You know, he, he could have all the followers. Okay. Well, to bring it to bring in a little bit of Marvel in here, that's that's T'Challa. Yeah. That is straight up T- T'Challa. <laughs> um, well, whenever, whenever I think of... Um, Whenever I think of Chadwick Boseman's eyes, no, uh, <laughs> no. Whenever I see him, I see like I see intensity. I see like a lot of fire behind his eyes. I didn't like, really see fire in the movie. It just felt um, like felt emotion, like mm. like. Well, that's what I mean. Like, uh, well, yeah, f- fires and that type of emotion. Not like not necessarily anger. Yeah. But like spark. Like his his character, his character was like leading his 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 men. But he was like educating them on like black history and black nature. Mm-hmm. Like there's that one point during the movie. This is not a spoiler at all. There's one part in the movie. Cause it, t- it takes place in history where the characters get the news that Martin Luther King is have been assassinated, mm-hmm. and they're and the, his soldiers are like, "Yo, we gotta kill the white man. We gotta bring him down. We gotta do all this shit and everything." And that was like a lot of sentiment during that time mm-hmm. when Martin Luther King was assassinated. But his character, um, Chadwick Boseman character, is like chill like we don't need to do that because martin luther king would not have wanted that mm-hmm. and it was almost like they were in a trance yeah like yes we will follow every word you say <laughs> yeah uh, i don't know i don't know <laughs> what it is about him but um you're gonna stare lovingly in his eyes now yes i will drink the kool-aid i will okay. you know I won't say that though, because that sounds kind of racist, you know. No, that's, no, that's a very cult thing. No, I was oh. making a joke. Oh my god! You know, black man Kool Aid. You know. 
See, I wasn't taking it there, but whatever. That's I was what taking, I'm saying. I was taking it to Jonestown, but you're the one who took it Black Man Kool-Aid. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay, so um, Kelsey and I were really looking forward to this movie. Um, the we posters were, are fucking badass. Posters are badass. The trailers really sold it. The fact that like Spike Lee has been kind of like up there again after Black Klansman. And it's uh, stylized like Black Klansman yeah, exactly. parts. Yeah, so like when we saw the trailer, we're just like, yo, we gotta totally watch this shit. It's, it's just gonna be dope. However, <laughs> that's not how things worked out. Nope. Um, I'll just start I'll start it off by saying, yo, this movie could have been trimmed down by like forty five minutes. There's like a lot of shit that they could have like just cut. I already knew twenty minutes in. I was like, "Oh, I hope it's not this boring the whole way through." Yeah, I think you said that while we're watching. You're like, "This movie's boring." Yeah, I gave it some more time before I actually voiced it, and I was mm-hmm. like, "This is boring." And you're like, "Yeah." Yeah, and it sucks because like we've been on this we've been on the Spike Lee kick for a little bit. We watched we did a we talked about Mobile Blues. We um we our last episode we did do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I really liked that one. Yeah, we really liked that movie. Um, like I said, we both really liked Black Klansman and the message it was like conveying. But this one seemed like it was getting kind of muddled mm-hmm. quite a lot. Even one of the characters, um, Delroy Lindo's character, who is a Trump supporter, like it seemed like he. W- it seemed like Spike Lee wanted to take that character into a certain direction, but like didn't go hard at it. Yeah, it's like he, his message wanted to be... Like, I have this this image of Spike Lee where he wants to talk about black power. Mm-hmm. Then he supports Woody Harrelson. Oh, he, he retracted that I shit. I know he, he did, but it took him a while to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, um, And, like, I'm starting to see a pattern in his movies where it's, like, not necessarily fully uplifting black people. Yeah. It's, like... No, y'all are fucked up too. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I'm kind of all the way down with that or not. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like with this particular character, mm-hmm. he didn't. If you're gonna make someone like a black person a Trump supporter, yeah, you need to go into it or don't have it at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he wasn't like. If if they if he took that out, if he took out that that as, that aspect of that character, and that that character is, is played by Dara Lindo, which I will have to say he that that was probably I think his his performance was probably like my favorite perf- performance uh, throughout the whole the whole movie. Um, but when he, if he took that as that characteristic out of the out of the Paul character, mm-hmm. it would have like. It would have lost anything. It would. I would have. I think it would. It would have made the character better because, like, you're sitting there thinking, like, why am I? Why is he doing this? Now, now you're like because he's a Trump supporter. Now you're focused on the fact that he's a Trump supporter, and is that kind of why he's fucking crazy? Mm-hmm. Because he has a mentality of like he's loud and boisterous and mm-hmm. like rude and all kinds of stuff. Like, and. As opposed to being fucked up by the war, which could also make you those things. Yeah. So it takes away from the war message and mm-hmm. doesn't fully put you into the Trump supporter as a black person message. Yeah, and I think he like I think Spike uh, Spike Lee had kind of put that in there to make the make the message going on relevant today, um, or to like use it to dig at Trump. Which any opportunity to like 
dig at that dude because fuck that guy is great i love it but if you don't if 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 you're if you're intertwining it into your story and not pulling something a value of it or to say a clear message other than to be fuck trump then i'm just kind of like all right dude i can just go and see a meme on that shit or just you know um hear like a snoop dog song and I just go off of that i kind of think that at this point if you're gonna make a message and it's gonna be towards trump like mm-hmm. to make fun of him or whatever mm-hmm that's going to be for our benefit and not really a dig at Trump because he's not going to get it. He's like the time Tommy Wiseau of fucking politicians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that is an excellent comparison. <laughs> he like, he's trigger happy and like mm. fucking doesn't get it when people are making fun of him. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So what did you think about the story of, um, the, of the film? I thought the story, like, the story was kind of thin. Mm-hmm. It was thin. It didn't make any sense to me. I know, ever like, I'm gonna try not to generalize black people, but mm-hmm. from my understanding, mm-hmm. black people have to be smarter than average people just to survive. Or like, yeah. I feel like we always have to. We have to be three times better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like any black person with any kind of self-respect is going to waste their money Mm -hmm. to go to a country where they had bad memories Mm -hmm. as, you know, seniors Mm -hmm. to dig up gold in a jungle where they lost their best friend Mm -hmm. and then try to launder it back. Like it's really convoluted. Mm, Yeah, it does get, it does get pretty convoluted. Um, it's it's weird because like the way how the movie is sold, you're you're thinking, okay, we're going, they're going to get this gold, which more power to them. You 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 the left all this gold behind. You want to come back and get all this money, cool and everything, but then you kind of start teetering on like, well, we we have to get one of these characters, we have to get somebody that we left behind back home. So we're kind of going back and forth, and it, it, it to the point where like. It starts getting mixed up and muddled. Mm-hmm. Where like now you're just like okay, the gold is like now secondary, and then one portion is is first, but like you're losing. I don't know. Like it, it's weird because like it seems like the message it, it's getting muddled. It starts getting muddled as the movie starts progressing. I honestly thought that the the Asian radio host uh-huh. was going to have a huge part yeah and i'm surprised that she didn't so yeah yeah yeah. it doesn't really give me anything away but yeah we'll, we'll get into that a little bit further with that whole thing because i was just like why are we doing that <laughs> um as far as the actors go mm-hmm. um delavoy lindo is like the only standout actor mm-hmm. everybody else is kind of forgettable Except for Chadwick Boseman, but he didn't have a big enough part to be substantial in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Clark Peters was kind of all right. I like—I always like seeing Clark Peters pop up. That's the dude who played Otis. He, yeah, he was all right. I just yeah. felt like you get a bunch of, like, I don't know what it is, but you get a bunch of old people together. Mm-hmm. And it, they all look the same to me. Like, they all <laughs> act the same to me. Yeah. Like, they move like old people and they sound like old people and they get yeah. lost with each other. Like... Yeah. Um, it's just, 
I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, let's go ahead and um, let's jump into the spoiler section because we want to really kind of pick apart this movie and um, kind of give our, our, our a fair assessment because I know we're, we're really starting to beat around the bush now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if, it, uh, if uh, you folks have not seen uh, The Five Bloods and you don't want to be spoiled, uh, here's your spoiler bumper. Uh, it's coming as soon as I queue it up right about now. Oops, sorry. Wrong one, folks. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. My bad, my bad. Okay, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. <laughs> All right, we're back. We're back. <laughs> okay, so let's 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 talk about the radio hosts. They uh, the, that they they were doing flashbacks. She was badass. Okay. Okay. Mm. So the interesting thing is, um, I don't know anything about the, the Vietnam War. Okay. So there's that. Mm. Um, L- let me let me just let me just go and and give you a heads up. That was a normal practice during the Vietnam War. What was? How how um. The Viet Cong or the Vietnamese. It, it happened also during World War II where they would um, they would have messages for African Americans to be like, America doesn't give a shit about you. Come or, come on our side. We will give you respect. Yeah. Um, that sounds a lot like Watchmen. Hmm. Well, yeah. Well, that was a real thing in, in during World War II. Yeah. It, it, it is a tactic because a lot of foreign powers, they, uh, you know, they see... What people in America refuse to see that we are treated like shit. They and wouldn't have treated black people any better. It was just a probably tactic. not. Yeah, it's a it's a tactic, but who who knows? But go yeah. on. Um, I didn't for I thought because you have a guard there, like you could see someone in the military standing right next to her the whole time. Mm-hmm. For me, it felt like she was pr- like progressive. Mm-hmm. And you don't think that when you think about Vietnam. Yeah. Um, you, she looked Americanized. like. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's kind of different that to see her talking to, you know, like black people and like playing mu- their music. And, yeah. Um, and that's why, because she really kind of stood out. I thought she was going to be more a part of the, the story, too. And she wasn't. So. Mm, okay. Um, but I, it did kind of take me aback because I was like, okay, I didn't know, like, first of all, that they even had female radio hosts in mm-hmm. Vietnam. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I thought, I always thought of Vietnam as like the dark ages. <laughs> Damn. You know, like, yeah, it's, like it's at a, that, especially at that time. Yeah. It's a war. It, I mean, it was during a time during like the sixties and seventies where like change was coming, civil rights, there was like a revolution and everything. And we, we essentially got into a war that we did not need to get into. Yeah. You know, America, uh, yes, yay. <laughs> um, I know it's different now, but, yeah. I, I, you know, like, I obviously kind of. <laughs> don't. I mean, I don't think it's dark ages now. It's not America, but it's, like, a country, you know. Yeah. It's, like, not, um, like, I don't want to be rude and say that it's the dark ages now. I'm just saying, like, I thought, it, especially, like, at that time, like, mm-hmm. I guess everything would be more like North Korea. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay, um, one thing, one of the things that that uh, that worked well for me, um, 
was the dynamic between Delroy Lindo and, or Delroy Lindo and uh, Jonathan Majors, who uh, who played his son. Mm-hmm. There was a bit of like back and forth, um, like between the son trying to get to know his father and trying to like bring him back, because because as the movie progressed, like Lindo's character like slowly starts going insane, mm-hmm. and his son was just trying to like bring him back like that, like don't do this and everything, and to the point where like. Lindo's characters, um, his like his mentality just broke. Right. Um, I I did I enjoyed how his character started hallucinating and started seeing Stormy Norman. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I did see that kind of twist coming when you find out that like uh, his character is the reason why Stormy Norman Stormy Norman got killed. Oh um, okay. I I mean I didn't see that coming. Yeah, because he was like, he was so determined to get back. Like, we got to, like, ever, like, the rest of the guys were there for the gold and they were hoping to bring their friend, the skeletal remains of their friend, back. But the gold was on their minds. It's like they were on, it's like they were on two different journeys, mm-hmm. but one was televising his journey so much that when the reveal happened, I was like, yeah, I mean, and? So it, it kind of like, after like when I figured it out, it kind of like it didn't. It kind of let me be disappointed. I felt kind of disappointed because mm-hmm. I felt like you could have like it was low hanging fruit. It was a low hanging fruit, and you could have actually spent some, some of that movie. Because if you're gonna, you could spend some of that movie exploring Lindo's uh, psyche. Mm-hmm. Like you, you saw his his insanity going, but it seemed like most of the time he was just arguing with right. everybody. Yeah. You know, and and he was just going off about how he hates immigrants and the Vietnamese. And That's would, the other thing too. Like, again, I'm a white person, but I feel like I those tell. other black people that were with him mm. would either they've been in contact with each other as friends throughout the years yeah. and knew how he was, or they would have done more, like, vetting, I guess. Yeah. Like, if you're going to go over back overseas with someone, you know people change over the years. Mm-hmm. Like, don't just assume it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, and he was kind of like a, um, he was kind of like a wild card. Oh, yeah. When absolutely. they were serving together anyway. Yeah. Even like, we even got more of a backstory with um, Otis's character mm-hmm. when we find out that he had a daughter. Yeah. And I was just like, Okay, cool. Like I'm totally with the story. Or even um what's his name? I think it's Norm Lewis, the guy who played Eddie. Um, even the fact that like they saw him as like this big, big shot, like car car uh, car dealership owner and everything. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Yo man, you're this, this and that and everything and then he's like revealed like, No, I'm broke. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't I don't have any money, all this kind of stuff. And however he was still like he was still trying to convince everybody, no, put this money towards black cause. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to actually find out more about that guy. Yeah. Even though he's broke, like why, like what part of your, what, what happened in your life that you still have this noble cause, even though you're broke as fuck. Right. And that, that was really interesting to me. And I kind of, it sucks that like they killed him. I know they did it to like bring tension into mm-hmm. the story, but I was just like, damn, did they have to kill him like that? Cause yeah. he's still the mind, even though. So that shit being televised, I was like, all right, he's going to be shot or blown up. Oh, he gets blown up. All right. It was funny you, you uh, mentioned the mines because I thought that, I saw it coming. 
Mm. And it didn't happen the other two times that I thought it was going to happen. Okay. But it did eventually happen. Yeah. Like, I even told you before it happened. I'm like, I'm like waiting for one of them to get blown up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, um, oh, one thing that, see, I don't, I don't know who's, like, we don't, we don't know how much, how much writing was done for each, for each, everybody who's doing it. Um, I've always been led to believe that if you have a script where it's like four people or more, your script's going to be kind of messy. Mm-hmm. And the script did feel really messy. Yeah. Um, at certain times, uh, at one at one point you had said that uh, when we were getting the docket together and I was like, yo, these guys, they wrote video games. You, what did you say about that? Um, I, that it kind of did play out like a video game. Yeah. That was the weird thing. Like if, and, and when you said that, I started taking a step back like, Holy shit, it is playing like a video game. Yeah. I, th- I don't think Spike Lee had as much to do with the story mm-hmm. as they did. Yeah, you have, um, you have like a little bit of Spike Lee sprinkled through there, like the flair of like... Of uh, course, his fucking dolly shot at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a good dolly shot. We're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> but it, it was just like, all right. I mean, that's that's Spike Lee. That's you know, we expect that shit. Um, yeah, there, there's a bit of Spike Lee sprinkled around where it's like there, there's there are parts where he's like, there's like heavy monologue. At one point, Daryl Lindo, or, Dar, Dar, sorry, Daryl Lindo's character looks directly into the camera and he does like this monologue thing where he's talking to the to the people, like he's talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. It's like he's talking to the audience, but he's talking to somebody. It's totally Spike Lee flair. Um, but I think the idea of like commenting on that error and how black people are treated and stuff like that, that is more of, um, what's the writer's name? That's more of, uh, Kevin Wilmot. That's more of his thing. Cause I, I, I got S's of black Klansmen mm-hmm. during that, during those dialogue, those dialogue heaven scenes. I like the dialogue scene because it seemed like he was finally working through his demons. Yeah. Yeah, like the, yeah, like when it, he was on his own, I was like, like yeah, that's good. Like finally, the PTSD side exactly, came out. Exactly, exactly, and like, and there wasn't enough of it because, mm. um, like, earlier there was a scene where they drag they dragged it out too long, where there was this guy trying to sell him a fucking chicken, a live yeah, chicken. Yeah, and it was like and five cool, minutes like, of him going like, no, 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 and all that shit. Yeah, like he was annoyed, like anyone would be fucking annoyed. There was no like PTSD thing there. But they tried yeah. to make it that because mm-hmm. the guy kept on and kept on. He finally was like, you fucking mook, mook get like, get out of my get face. face. Yeah. And then the guy turned on him because he, he knows that word. Yeah. Because it's a very racist term. Mm-hmm. So um, he like, then all of a sudden he snapped. But like, it took a lot. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, my God, like, there's a trigger. Yeah. So it was like an unnecessary scene and it didn't do as much justice to the character as the monologue scenes did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was even um one one of the one of my biggest issues with this movie. And like I said earlier, um they could have really shortened it. They could have there are parts and Spike Lee has been known to do this where he drags on a scene and it's like, yo, you could have cut right there and the impact would have still been as great. There's so much that they could have done with mm. this film that they did not do or they barely touched on and you wanted more. Yeah. So there's him with the PTSD. Mm. There's also another factor that his son showed up um, 
without being uh, invited. Yeah, his son said something like, oh, when you come back, you're going to like go to prison. Like so He said something like that about his dad going back to prison because of what he's doing. Oh. It, it, that's the thing. Like It's such a small mention. It, it piqued my interest. Like, wait, why would he go back to prison? Like, what happened? But, but like, for, not explored. <laughs> no, like, for me, it was like his son loves him. Like, everyone mm-hmm. kept mentioning how much he looked up to his father, even though his father was trash yeah. towards him. And then you have moments where he accepts him as his son and is proud of him. And then other moments where he's like, I'm disowning you. You are not my son. You're a fucking coward. Yeah. Um, and it would be more, to me, that felt forced. Yeah. It did not feel genuine at all. And it felt like he was, um, like it could have been explored, really. Not just like mm. a plot device yeah yeah because there's even there's a part during in the movie where um his son um jonathan majors his son gets a letter and it's his father you know if you're reading this i'm dead blah 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 but like that whole cathartic moment i was like yo that wasn't earned it wasn't but they had they already had a cathartic moment when he was alive yeah um, with the mind and everything, because his son stepped on the mind. Yeah, see that 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 was a great scene. And like, one, okay, so one thing I do like that they that they did in this movie is like they actually sprinkle a bit of like actual history, mm-hmm. and they do like quick cuts of like this is the person who I'm talking to to help you with your visual aid, which I enjoyed. Like, there's that part where he was uh where the son is on the mind and his father's like giving like words of encouragement, like where you're from, you're from Morehouse, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do this. Now, do you remember this athlete? He made this, and the son's like. This athlete would make 13 steps and make a jump and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, oh, shit, this is like African uh, African American history. Mm -hmm. I'm totally with it. You know, and that moment where, like, the father, the father and the group of the people, they help him get off that mine. Mm -hmm. And they get, then they, like, he runs to him. His son runs to Darylin's character and, like, gives him a hug, almost like a child. Right. And I was just like, yo, like, that's it. Like, that's, that's a touching moment. Yeah. And then that's completely thrown out the fucking window where, Daryl Lewis character is like, he's not my son. Yeah. I'm like, yo, what the fuck was that? It's not just that, but like, there's so many, because they are black, right? They're not just vets, but they are black. Yeah. They could have had him have some kind of guilt that he wasn't there with his son. That mm. He had a very not genuine feeling towards his son of like, oh, I wasn't there for you. Mm. Uh, it didn't, like, it fell flat. Mm. But, you know, like, the struggles of, like, black men being seen as, like, deadbeats or absentee fathers or whatever. Yeah, and if we show, like, too much love, we're seen as weak and stuff like that. I mean, that that's how, like, the old school mentality, it's, like, slowly been, like, dismantled now. Because now mm. um, uh, we're not trying to raise our children to be fucking monsters. I think women are sometimes worse. Because they're like, yo, yeah. you're, if you're raising our son to be weak, yeah. you know, like, whatever... Um, but the, like the, the guys, um, the Orlando's son, mm-hmm. like he lost his mom when she was giving birth to him. Yeah. Like there's this whole th- world that they, like, it didn't have to be about that, but they could have added some flavor into it mm-hmm. with their backstory as opposed to just touching every single thing that they could and not actually exploring any of it yeah yeah that's what it you hit the nail on the head yeah they are they are lightly touching subjects instead of picking three or four and just sticking with it because they also did that with otis because he didn't know he had a daughter yeah and even like 
that's the thing. Even when that whole thing about um, when Otis finds out that he, that he, when he's talking to the woman that he hasn't seen in decades, mm-hmm. and he sees this young woman who's just like, and he goes like, "Is that like? Tell me, is that my daughter?" You know. If it was done, like it was, I think it was, I think that reveal was done well because she didn't. The the woman didn't say, "Yeah, she's she's your daughter." She goes, "She doesn't know her father. She thinks her father's dead. I was a hooker." you were a soldier and you know she even spills a little bit of history right there in that dialogue like you were this you were like niggers and we saw you as filth and nobody would touch us after you slept with us and all this kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. you're getting a little bit of history right there and instead of like explaining you go yes or no you do that and you like you're slowly expanding more of that history in that like i don't know three or four lines Mm -hmm. and that was like i thought that was great it was genuine because no one would just say yes or no yeah like i know if i was gonna have to explain something like that i'd be like it's not you i I just i don't want you to hurt over this this is my choice this is why i did that yeah Yeah. um and she didn't like freak out at him like get away from me i don't want you to know her or anything like that just yeah and otis respected that he was like okay like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fight it like i understand plus he was married he had um a family back home yeah i mean i did i did like the fact that he did come back and see his daughter i was yeah, just like all right i, I, like, I like that ending i did like that ending um so yeah i mean i mean it's a it's a good movie it like i said it takes a while to pick up um i think one of the things that i that i think that it didn't it, the reason why it, it has Spike Lee kind of fallen back to his old ways mm-hmm. is that um, Jordan Peele is not the executive producer on this, mm-hmm. and he was on The Klansman, and that was better better refined, like better put together. Um, and without Jordan Peele to like tell Spike Lee, like, oh, yo, like pull that shit back, mm-hmm. Spike Lee just started, he fell back into his old habits. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why some of his movies don't really are that successful now, or they're just kind of like laughable because it's just like, come on, man. Like what the fuck happened? Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I hated it. I did. I did mildly enjoy it, especially like the last hour. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, I'll take that back. Cause you're, I think you're confusing me at least. I don't know about the audience, but you're like, that's a good movie, but it's, then you're like, well, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. <laughs> like, I, I know. Okay. All right. Yeah. You're right. I should, I should be more, de- more defined with, with my, my take on it okay it does take a while to get it takes a while to pick up um i think it should be seen but it's it's not like it's it doesn't add anything new Mm -hmm. it is and it's not like you got to see this movie right away it's just like cool spike lee joint i want to check it out all right i watched it Mm -hmm. and that was it i mean there are issues like like say it's muddled some of the message falls apart um some of the characters are kind of forgettable Mm -hmm. um and um I did like Chadwick Boseman in that role, though. He was good in that I did role. Too, yeah. yeah, I did like his his character. But yeah, I mean, it's all right. yeah. I. Anybody who was uh, like on Facebook, or whatever, people were like, "Oh, what's your take on this?" I go like, "Yeah, it's all right." <laughs> um, I probably wouldn't tell anyone to watch it. Mm. Um, like no, no one. I mean, I don't really know anybody, but like. <laughs> I, I think I think I'm I'm a bit more forgiven than you are because I'm just like yo it's Spike Lee but you're just like no I'm not letting that get in the way. Well, no, because there are other things like we're gonna get into our next segment soon, but mm-hmm. there are other things out there that you can watch if you want to watch something real. Yeah. Like even when we watched that and then we watched Dead Presidents, my mm-hmm. comment was 
Dead Presidents is more realistic. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, and you I was know? just like, yep, yep, yeah, you're not lying there. Yeah, like it's more, yeah, the way they did things with whatever they had where they were, not spending money to go overseas and this whole fucking jumping through hoops bullshit. Yeah, that's true. Um, But yeah, I, I thought it was, uh, I wasn't actively falling asleep. Mm-hmm. But it, took, it I know it was taking you a, a while to, like, stay focused in it. Yeah, because you're like, wait, are they having a hard time focusing the camera on this Yo, one part? There was literally a couple of scenes I was like, why is that out of focus? Holy shit, man. Yeah, and I was like, wait, how did he get in the river? <laughs> I don't even remember how he got there. And you're talking about he's, you know, the focus of the camera, yeah, okay? Yeah, Lennon's character ended up in a river, which is like... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't recommend this one. Alright, alright. I mean even even with mm-hmm. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, I mean if if you can if you can voice your opinion on it and it sound shit. If you don't recommend it, don't rec- don't recommend it. Don't recommend it on my part, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we good? Yeah, we're good. Alright. What do we got up next? Uh, up next, we have Variety Time, and that's going to be black art and documentaries you should watch. Um, you know, that. Yeah, now we're in the Variety Time. As opposed to like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> um, yeah, black art and documentaries you should watch. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark has his first suggestion. Um, yeah, there was um, uh, before we fully dive into this. There was a <laughs> there was a couple of articles that popped out um, because the whole Black Lives Matter movement's been going and everything. People have been finding ways to kind of understand Black life and Black culture through like through media. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix, damn, hit that table hard, girl. You all right? <laughs> Uh, even um, Netflix pointed this out because apparently everybody's going to watch The Help, which is not a movie that you should watch. Gone with the Wind. Oh, Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Um, even Bryce, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard said, like, you should not watch The Help. Go watch something else. Yeah. Um, so this is a couple of recommendations essentially we have on uh Black films, black doctor, black documentaries, and stuff like this. So I checked out uh, *Mudbound*, which is directed by D. Rees. It's written by Virtual Williams and um, D. Rees. Uh, this is a. I really dug this film. Um, it's about these two families that are living on a farm. One is white, the other is black, and how uh, their lives are affected with each other and by each other and through racism and stuff like that. And this happens kind of during like the Reconstruction era. There are times where it gets pretty fucked up and pretty dark. However, the acting is like spot on. Um, for example, like uh, what's her name? Mary J. Blige is in it. I think she was nominated for like an Oscar for her role, if I mm. remember correctly. Um, and Dee Reeves is dope. Is a really dope ass uh, director. So um, they take they there's there are a few scenes where it's like narration between the characters, and we're kind of getting in their mindset. But it kind of does it in this very poetic sense where. Um, you would think, like the way how the characters are kind of shown on surface, like through 
through the original eight and everything, you feel like they are they couldn't be this smart, but the fact that like their mentality is actually higher than it should be, mm-hmm. and how they're able to like really articulate like the woes of like working on this farm with each other. Um, Jason Clark plays this guy who owns a farm, and our boy Rob Morgan, who we we just talked about in um, Just Mercy, he was the one inmate with PTSD. Oh yeah. Uh, he plays a father who's essentially sharecropping. And his son goes to war, who's Jason Mitchell, who in real life is a piece of shit. Um, and Jason Clark's um, brother, played by uh, Gareth Hedlund, goes to war too. But the way how they handle World War II is like two different ways. Mm-hmm. One becomes more of an alcoholic. One becomes more reserved, but like kind of cold and everything like that. And you see something really troubling him. And when their lives kind of clash, we are getting... Um, we're getting a lot of we're getting this is during like the this is during like the South during that time. So you get like a lot of racism mm-hmm. thrown at them. But um I was really struck by this whole this whole movie. And the ending, you think the ending they, they kinda do the switch where you're like, Oh, yo, this is a fucked up ending, but it actually ends on a good note. Hmm. Like a very hopeful note. Yeah. So it's I like I say, it's a really dope movie. It's on Netflix. I, I highly, highly, highly recommend that movie. Awesome. Okay. I have um, another Netflix uh, choice for you to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is called Time, the Khalif Browder Story. So Khalif Browder, um, this is a documentary. He, this, he was a child, got arrested for stealing a backpack um, from... A Mexican guy mm-hmm. at like early in the morning. Isn't it supposedly that he even steal the backpack? It was only he was supposedly stealing the backpack, but like they found out he didn't or some shit. Yeah, he he didn't do it. <sighs> Jeez. Anyway, um, I'm sorry. Go on. So he ends up being um, in Rikers Island. He, he was 16. He ended up being at Rikers Island for three years, um, and the victim was so paranoid about being mugged again that he actually left the country and the prosecution lied about it till the very end. What? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think this is really important because what I was saying to, to Mark about this, um, I mean, you think about George Floyd, he died while being arrested. Mm. You get all these people who are dying while being arrested. You think about Rodney King, he didn't die. Yeah. He um, he ended up becoming an activist, even though he was kind of thrust into the spotlight and he didn't, he wasn't really with it in the mm-hmm. beginning. Mm-hmm. He didn't die, but it was still just as important. Um, and and Khalif uh, Browder, um, he was trying to get his life together after he got out. Yeah. Um, and then he committed suicide. Um, you had said that. Uh, for people who don't know, he was essentially in solitary confinement for what, like fifteen months or something like that. Fourteen months. So 14 on and months. Bef- yeah, before that, it was like on and off. Yeah. Um, and then it was fourteen months, like yeah. a whole stretch where they were starving him. Um, he they wouldn't let him take a shower for two weeks. It yeah. was hot. Um, and like he came out talking about it. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like, no, this is so traumatizing. I don't want to tell anyone about it. He was mm. saying, no, this happened to me, this happened to me, this happened to me, this ain't right. 
yeah. to the point where he was actually being followed by the police. Like, was he legitimately, legitimately being fo- followed by the police, or was he just being paranoid? No, he, so he did have an issue with paranoia. Okay. Um, but his brother, one of his brothers, went to go check and see what he was talking about, and he did see an unmarked car what the and fuck? yeah, and, and another cop, like an actual cop car down the street, and they were just sit, parked there. So he wasn't lying about so that. So why the fuck were they following him? Probably to catch him because he was um, trying to sue sue them because they mm. um, they fucked up. Yeah, and they still never got an apology. Yeah, I remember hearing a um, hearing about this guy's story. Um, how uh, he was in the Rikers for years, and like they kept pushing back his court date, mm-hmm. like repeatedly. Um, and then when they when they release him, he was like fucked up mentally. Mm-hmm. And the kid before he went in, the kid he was a good kid. You said that he was going to college, right? Or he was going to go to college? He, no, he went to college after he got out. Oh, he went okay. He, I mean, he wasn't a bad kid, right? Like he was. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a foster kid. Yeah. And then his mother, like she adopted, she had five kids. They were all adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all like some of them were actually his biological family because once you. Um, in the system, if you end up with one kid and then that same mother ends up having another kid, you automatically get that child too to keep oh, the okay. siblings together. Yeah. Um, so, t- uh, two of the other children were actually his real siblings, mm. but he, um, so they actually adopted him. Like mm. they all got adopted yeah. and, um, you know, he did have, like, a prior thing, but, like, he was joyriding in, like, a bakery truck with yeah, one of his you said, friends. Like, you said, like, they tried to use that against him, right? They did. So, like, they take you to deposition. Deposition yeah. is just meant as, like, a char- you know, like character assassination. Yeah. So, um, every step of the way, it was, like, this kid fell through the cracks. Like, New York has a law where, you know, you you actually get, you're supposed to get a fair and speedy trial. It's in the Constitution. Mm. In every, I think in all the other states, that mm. means you'll go to trial within six months. Yeah. In New York, the time is only ticking while you're in the court. Yeah. Um, and then it stops when you go back to jail. <sighs> Jesus. So shit. it could go on for a really long time, and so, and I don't think they've changed that. So this documentary is kind of a display of how like the judicial system can really fuck somebody over. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Jesus shit. It, it's like systematic racism. Um, and then, you know, cause he got picked up and then, um, and then he got forgotten about in prison. Yeah. Um, and then even after he got out, he was kind of a cause. He wasn't a person. That's messed up. <laughs> so, uh, he really needed help. Yeah. So if you guys want to kind of see how our court systems are fucked up, highly recommend watching that one. <laughs> Um, just make sure you're not like in a low place when you watch it. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's a great documentary because it's like content filled. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like water thin, but mm-hmm. it's like, it, it's painful. Yeah. Shit. Just hearing about it is painful. Uh, okay. So what I would like to recommend also is Moonlight. Mm-hmm. If you guys have slept on this film, stop it this oscar-winning film from barry jenkins um people don't know moonlight kind of follows the life of this young african man who's like kind of grapples with his identity and his sexuality and the struggles 
through childhood, adolescence, and being an, an adult. Mm-hmm. This is a beautiful film. I, I've, I've watched this movie like a dozen times. It is an unbelievably beautiful film. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually touched on the subject on black men finding love in very unconventional ways, like the <laughs> within the love of another black man. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that is a subject that is that is now being touched upon in the African American community because a lot of um, a lot of, a lot of uh, the protests now have have now um, the Black Lives Matter protest has now kind of evolved to like all Black Lives Matter and that includes gays and transgender and stuff like that because they are just as important as as anybody else. And this one kind of does this really really great examination how this character who's um, who grows up and he become well. I'm trying to see. He's played by three different actors. He's played uh, by Alex R. Hibbert, 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 Hibbert at a young age. And then, <laughs> that's not like you were saying hip, hip hop to hip hop. I know, hip-hop. right? <laughs> um, and then he's later played by, is it Aston Sanders who plays him? Yeah, Aston Sanders plays, plays the same character as a teenager. And then uh, I'm trying to see who plays the character Black. I forgot. Anyway, um, so we are kind of following this guy kind of dealing with like issues with his mother and stuff like that, his whole identity. And it's, it's kind of, I, from, I remember, if I remember correctly, it's based kind of on the original, on the playwriter who wrote it as a play. Mm-hmm. Um, but the acting is all around great. The art style is fucking phenomenal. It's great music. Um, Mahershaw Ali won uh, his first Oscar for Best Supporting Role. Mm-hmm. Fucking well deserved that that Oscar. Um, and as a black man and a man a black as a black man who's trouble who has um, has kind of grappled with my myself as a black man who's grappled with identity and sexuality and stuff like that. It's like really connects with me. So I think that's why I kind of like rewatch it over and over again and kind of like really feel the story. There's a couple of times in the movie like I'll start crying. Yeah, because it's so good. But it's a very, it and another thing that's really good. It doesn't end tragically. It ends in a very loving manner, mm-hmm. where like these two guys like find each other and they've had like this connection since they were like kids or teenagers or whatever. And now, and time didn't, um, time didn't make it go away. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's very artfully uh, well put together. And it, I think this is like Janelle Monae's like first performance, and she does a really great role in that in that movie. Yeah. That was on Netflix also. You so. showed that one to me. It's a beautiful film. Yeah. It's a beautiful film. All right. So we got another one. Back the 13th. To the, back to the sadness. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is that the I love my daughter, mm-hmm. uh, my older one is not very thoughtful sometimes. Mm-hmm. And she totally got the message. For 13? Yeah. Oh, good. Um, she like thinks all police officers should just die. <laughs> Damn. Um, she's gonna be like, "Fuck the police." <laughs> she is. She said that she's like, they should be executed. I'm like, okay. Well, like, whoa, whoa. Let's let's just let's defund <laughs> them first. Let's defund the police. Okay, let's not kill them. <laughs> um, this documentary is really important because it shows how. First of all, has Angela Davis. Mm-hmm. So, was that her name? You talking about Ava DuVernay? No. 
Angela, the girl uh, from the seventies. Yeah, Angela Davis. Yeah, okay, she's yeah. a yeah, she's an activist from the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Oh, yeah, Angela Davis is in it. Brian Stevenson, Van Jones. You don't like Van Jones? <sighs> he, He's in all of the. Van Jones is the one who said. This is the moment where Trump becomes president. Yeah, and he and he's, he 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 uh, he buddy buddies up with Ivanka and Jared Kushner. But he speaks on black issues pretty eloquently. Mm, he does, but in documentaries. Say, it's, but he does, but you know, two steps forward, one step back. Mm. This guy. Um. It shows how slavery ended, but it didn't end. Like it it, it mm-hmm. ended. But then um, there's a clause in the 13th Amendment that states you are all free. Everyone's free. Mm-hmm. But if you go to jail, you're not free. Yes. Yeah, it, thir- the 13th Amendment is essentially another form of slavery. Mm-hmm. A legal for- another legal form of slavery. Right. Um, there was a lot of stuff I, I read up on the 13th Amendment and how a lot of... A lot of uh, People, a lot of got white people, who were once KKK members and then now becoming police officers, um, would in, would would in a way turn their, I'm not in a way they would be told or do it themselves, um, go bother these black people. They're loitering, throw them in jail for like two years, mm-hmm. because obviously like a lot of these black people, they especially during the Reconstruction era or the the Great Migration era, they were trying to find jobs. They couldn't find jobs, so they were loitering, and then they couldn't pay for their bail or whatever their legal fees. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. You can pay this off by working on the, the working on a chain gang, right? And this kind of this this documentary Thirteenth explore really explores that whole thing and how the legal system is like almost strictly aimed at like to keep minorities in prison, right? Yeah. Um, and then it you know it also talks about Alec. Alec. That's a group of companies, I guess, mm-hmm. that come together and they um, help write laws. Mm. Um, like Walmart was on there, Verizon, mm. T-Mobile on there still, unfortunately. <laughs> oh shit. Um, but it's like the NRA finally stepped away from it. Like mm, okay. they they basically have so much money and so much power that mm. they help get these laws enacted okay. like like they write the they write the laws mm-hmm. that are, that go to vote and what 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 are the, what do these laws do um like do they are they to they're uh, all like it's all we're almost strictly republicans on this thing so is it towards like the prison system like to help keep mm-hmm. the prison system towards like, okay. the prison system taxes whatever uh, okay okay they, so they have um there's like a bail association or whatever okay. that makes money based off of laws that are enacted yeah from this group yeah. and they're part of this group yeah i remember watching this documentary a couple of years ago so I'm a, I'm a bit fuzzy but you you recently just watched it so everything you're telling me i'm just like oh yeah that's right oh yeah that's right right like i looked it up uh. and i'm like i still have that tab open in my browser on my phone because i like just in case i want to look at it again uh-huh. um it's interesting it's almost all republican but the thing is of course they're saying that the prison system the way it is now there's mm. a shift because there it's not as profitable or as acceptable as it used to be mm-hmm. so like the n-word used to be acceptable 
then yeah, it, obviously. Then it wasn't. Yeah. Then it became, um, you know, you know, like loitering and all that, and then that wasn't really acceptable. Mm. And then it became tax breaks and all these things. Like they get more convoluted with all their speech. Yeah. So now they're stepping away from prisons. Okay. And they went towards detention centers for immigrants. Okay. You know, like, because they're making money and also the bail system. Yeah, that bail system. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, it's, and they have Bill Clinton and talking in it too. And it kind of, it's interesting because he kind of like retracts some of his statements oh, that he yeah, made. But the, then uh, he also. The crime gets, bill and shit. Then, yeah. yeah, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I know that it was a mistake. And then after that, he's defending it still. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really important. <laughs> like how you take a deep breath, like, like, if, like if you just rewatched it yourself, you're like, whoa, holy shit. Well, I mean, the one that was really important to me was the Cleve Browder one. Yeah. And, um, like, I just, I want to make sure that I'm talking about these things in a way that brings them justice and makes people want to watch them. Yeah. Okay. So the 13th, uh, 13th kind of. That covers more of the prison system, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So I checked out. Um, I checked out. Uh, what's her name? Yvonne Yorgi. Yvonne Yorgi's uh, "Mama, I Made It" uh, comedy special. It's on HBO right now. Um, Yvonne Yorgi. Orgy? Can you say that? I don't know. <laughs> or Jay. There you go. Uh, she's a Nigerian. I see, I'm saying orgy. That sounds so wrong. Um, she's a Nigerian slash American actress. Um, her most prominent role is Molly Carter from uh, Insecure. She's he's a Ray's friend. Um, this special is dope. Like I was, cr- I was really cracking up because a lot of it she's like kind of cracking jokes about her mom or, or her parents. Um, um, but what what it, it does is that um, she'll tell a number of jokes. And then it'll turn into like a, a small documentary where she goes back to Nigeria and she sees her family and like, explores the city and stuff like that and talks to people. Mm-hmm. So you got a feel of Nigeria, and it's it shows how like the city is the area is very like community wise and stuff like that. I mean, she cracks jokes about like certain situations that she's been through and everything, and you know, being a woman of color and she has like two degrees, and even though she has like two degrees, like she's she. Pre- um, she decided to become like a comedian and how her parents are just like oh you could have been a doctor you could have been doing this and everything but even though she's like really happy but and she's like doing well for herself yeah yeah it was, <laughs> she does this really great <laughs> she does this really great joke <laughs> she does this really great joke saying you know you've made it where you actually get auto pay <laughs> and I was busting up and she was like yeah you need this paid on this day go right ahead like all that kind of stuff but she has she actually has like a thick nigerian accent whenever she just she whenever she's just comfortable around people um and there's another part during the during the special where um she's talking to other uh like nigerian actors and performers and comedians at the same time and they're talking about their family and stuff like that so they're kind of just like cracking jokes and just having a good time so we have her 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 doing her stand-up and then um and then parts of the documentary kind of like throughout the comedy special 
Um, and then she even like talks to her mom, her dad, like they interview her parents and everything. And she just talks about like her upbringing and stuff like that. Um, but other than that, like it was really funny. I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Sounds like it's kind of important too, because you think Nigeria, you just think scam calls. Yo, no lie. She brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> there was like two people in the crowd that looked, that had like the like special, like Nigerian garb and everything like that. And she looked at him and she was like. You look like you sent me those emails. <laughs> and, and she says, uh, you know what? And I respond back to them, too. And she's like, you know, I'm from Nigeria, too. And I need money as well. Blah, blah, blah. All this kind of stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a it's a great documentary. I really, not documentary, I'm sorry. It's a really great comedy special slash documentary that mm-hmm. I, I totally had fun um, watching it. It made me actually kind of go back to Insecure. Um, Because I watched, like, some of the first season. I just kind of fell off. But as soon as, like, that ended, I was like, yo, let me go back and watch Insecure. Yeah. And that's a great show to watch. Got it. So, yeah. I think that's that's what we got. Hopefully, y'all can check the stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Nope. Nope. (laughs) What's up with the pauses? Uh, I don't know. Dramatic effect. Dramatic effect. All right. Dramatic yeah. effect. Dramatic effect. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're done with that. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get into our geriatric cinematic dead presidents. Hey, kid. You want to take a little run with me? Yeah. I'll take a little run with you. Man, oh, man. You're almost as good a getaway drive as me. I'm about to get my pimp thing on started. Why are you always talking about this pimp stuff, man? What's happening? Women so pretty. Even and I ain't afraid of no war. I just want to do something that's different. Yeah, well, getting your head blown off is different. <laughs> so then you gonna marry me when you get back? You ain't got somebody else. I don't want nobody else. To the Bronx. Now you're gonna play this Marine War hero. What you got when you get back here, huh? Dead Presidents came out in 1995. And the synopsis is a Vietnam vet adjusts to life after the war while trying to support his family, but the chance of a better life may involve crime and bloodshed. Bloodshed. Do, 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 do. Sound like Rambo. <laughs> Uh, directed and written by Albert Hughes and Alan Hughes, also known as the Hughes Brothers. Uh, they did Book of Eli from Hell, Menace to Society. Um, and then it has Lorenz Tate, Keith David, Chris Tucker, Freddie Rodriguez, Rose Jackson, Bokeem Woodbine. And Bush, right? Uh, uh it's, yeah, in Bush, eh, right, yeah. She's one of my favorite ones in this movie. The, she, oh, the Delia the Delia Delilah. Is it Delilah? Delilah. Okay, I'm sorry. Delilah character, yeah. Delilah. Yeah, Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to let you. I want you to lead this one. This was a better representation of the war itself, mm-hmm. um, how people come back from it, and then the struggles of black people. Um, plus, they showed more of the town, which I thought was great. Like, where they lived. like Oh, yeah, because they're out in the Bronx. Yeah. Mm. Um, I thought it was a great representation because um, he comes back and he's got a mm. drinking problem now. like Yeah, and, and uh, a couple of friends come back, too, and they are not right. Yeah, like one of them, you know, they have, like, that orange 
like Agent Orange. One of them has like Agent Orange sickness. Mm-hmm. The other one is like lost part of his hand or something. Okay. Um. So they didn't come back all right, but yeah. Um. And then, so I liked that the reality of that, um, and the reality of trying to have a relationship with someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um. Because his girl that. He didn't seem all that interested in her before he left. Yeah, um, I think I think because that kind of speaks on how the superficial level of a romance like that can blossom or that can start um, once you're about to go to war. Mm-hmm. Because um, Lawrence Tate, who plays Anthony Curtis, he he, he had made the decision that he was going to go and join the military, and he was going to join the Marines. And go over there and fight in Vietnam, even though, um, you know, he probably would have been drafted and a couple of the characters are drafted. But he was just like, no, I, I purposely want to go do this. Um, but he ended up like kind of having this relationship with uh, Rose Park, who plays by, who plays uh, uh, Juanita Benson. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, even like when he comes back, it kind of seems like they were distant before he left. And they're just as distant, if not even more distant when he comes back. Yeah, it's like he didn't really want to... He wanted... Well, he wanted to have sex with her, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, that was kind of as far as it went, and she got kind of clingy, and he's like, I gotta, I gotta go. Yeah. And then it was like he was really... Um, he was really obligated. He felt obligated to be with her when he came back. Yeah, because she had his kid and everything. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then he got her pregnant again, like... Mm. Um, I thought it was interesting how they they kind of wrote her character too, because she like didn't wait for him because he told her not to. Yeah, she didn't get pregnant by this guy. Thank God, because he was kind of a dirtbag. Yeah, he was a pimp. Questionable, be a pimp. He yeah. was a pimp. <laughs> he was straight up a pimp. Um, and this guy is giving her money. Yeah, to make rent because um, Lawrence Tate's character isn't able to like provide Mm. and um like i know like i don't know if it's a black culture thing or not but i know when i was working with a co-worker one time who was black and like she would she wouldn't do things with guys Mm. but she would kind of almost be like they would be like her sugar daddies or whatever that's not i don't think there's a black culture that's more of a that is a woman. I mean, I don't mean to be sexist or anything, but yeah, women know how to know how to get their sugar daddies. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's just funny because I'm that goes way over my head because I'm a woman, <laughs> yeah. but I don't really. Yeah, it does. It does exist. Exists. You'll see. Uh, you'll see some hot ass fucking twenty something year old, and they got like a 55, 65 year old sugar daddy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a well known thing. Yeah. Um. But I think it's interesting, uh, even without that fact, like how she was still willing to do whatever it took to get what she needed. Yeah, and, to survive. And, and she didn't that. have any like issues with like morality or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not that whatever she was doing was all that bad anyway. Yeah. But it like you know, if you're gonna judge someone, she could be judged, and yeah. she was just like, I don't really care because like you're not helping me out. So yeah, and you weren't here. I mean, you were over there fighting, but like. You need to be, and you're technically you're still over there fighting, like because his mentality was yeah. not was not in front of him. Yeah, she's like, you need to get a better job. You need to stop drinking. Yeah. Like, um, and so I thought that was um, 
I think that they did a better job of that. Yeah. Well, I you you see like a transition of the character of Lorenz uh, Lorenz Tate's character where, um, when we first meet him, he's like, I'm like, like a boy. Yeah, he's like 17. He's kind of he's got this really innocent personality. Um, at one point, even like um Terrence Howard's character, fucking dirtbag Terrence Howard, um, even like. Is there any other Terrence? Howard? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, man. Um, <laughs> I know he kept saying that. He, he was doing that too. I'm like, damn, yeah, he still did that back then. <laughs> um, there's that part where like uh, uh, Anthony Curtis uh, like beats him at um, at pool, and Terrence House character doesn't want to pay him, and like puts a knife in his face. Yeah, and he had this look of this kind of innocent look, like, oh shit, I might get stabbed. But when like when he sees him again years later, he fucks him up. Yeah, which is like one of the most satisfying scenes in the movie i i've seen this movie so many times but that scene i'm every every time i'm watching it and i see like terrence howard at the beginning of the movie i'm just like yo i can't wait to get see you get fucked up and i every time i see it fucking love it yeah i don't think it happens enough Um, I like how um oh, oh oh well let me finish my thought anyway so what i was getting to is that He's turned from this innocent kid to, like, this brutal guy. Like, the war has really fucked him up. Like, he's mentally... Like, at one point, he, like, chokes out his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And it just shows how, like, that war really messed him up. And not only that, but how the fact that he can't get a job. He, society's really fucked him up, too. Because a lot of those people who went over there came back. They were being baby killers spat upon and everything like that. Especially more so in the African community where they were not getting their... Uh, their uh what's it called their fair share like their, their fair medical share. their exactly their veterans benefits their compositions or whatever or compensations or whatever all that kind of stuff and it just shows like this is what fucking happens when you don't pay your when the government does not help you and how the government views african americans especially at the time of war mm-hmm. all right i'm done <laughs> get off my soapbox <laughs> i just thought it was funny how um what's his name uh kirby's kirby oh keith david mm-hmm. i love keith david man how he let money to boy in <laughs> how he let lawrence tate um like fuck up terrence howard yeah. he didn't like let him do it <laughs> yeah, until like, it was too much and then he's like no we gotta step in now. i know he was just like he was like because like uh what's his name uh fred rodriguez who plays jose was like trying to jump in to like stop the fight from happening and keith david was just like let him let him get out of the system just let him <laughs> And, I, and, and like the way he's doing it with that with with the with the broken end of the pull cue, mm-hmm. he's like, "Yeah, fucking get some, yeah, get the fucking ass up." Like, yeah. Like, oh man, I just love that scene. Then I think we're I think I'm gonna just rewatch that clip. <laughs> um. Well, so what did you um what did you think of the performance of the of the anybody that stuck stood out or um I know she wasn't like as much into the. St- the initial part of the story, but mm-hmm. in Boucher Wright, mm-hmm. really liked her. I do like her character too. I think she's amazing in this role. They like they wrote her well. Mm-hmm. Like she does look all young and innocent in the beginning, and then when he comes back, like she looks like she's like a member like, of the black the, the Black Liberation Army. Like I would date her. <laughs> she does. She like does I carry have a crush on her now. <laughs> Damn, she does carry that essence of of that era during like the Black Power movement or the Black Panther, Black Power, Black Panther, and the Black Liberation Army movement, where you know she even like um, when they're talking about this heist, and she's like, 
I can handle an AK-47. I can handle a 45. I can do this. She's like pulling out her list. And then when mm. she when it's time for her to be a badass, yo, she's a fucking badass. Yeah. She can back it up. Um, I, li- I, I think the story went a bit long in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, because the whole point of Dead Presidents was the money. You know, like yeah, what they had to get to. Yeah, like they burn money that's going to be decommissioned or whatever, and so they're saying that if they're going to give the money to that truck, we can get it. Yeah, and and they'll never know; it's unmarked. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took a really long time to get there. Like mostly, it was about the war mm-hmm. and uh, Anthony Curtis, mm-hmm. like after the war. Yeah, it's kind of like it's almost kind of like it's two movies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like how some people make songs and it's like one track. Mm-hmm. Like it's got two names with a, like a slash in it. Yeah, and it shifts it shifts over real quick. Yeah. Yeah, it it does do that. So um I didn't really enjoy that. Like if you're going to make it one thing, make it one thing. Mm-hmm. You can still touch on certain things mm-hmm. uh without making it two different stories. Yeah. Um but I did like I really wanted them to get away with the money, like properly. I know, I know that would have been dope. Well, from from what I read, this bake heist that they showcase in this movie is based on a, a real event, a real bake heist that happened, and like those people did die. Yeah, um, it for it was kind of a depressing story. Yeah, it is. It is a very depressing story, especially like how this guy's um, Anthony Curtis, the Lawrence Hayes character, is constantly getting like fucked. Yeah, he's getting fucked. Like, uh, everybody he cares about ends up dying or essentially is dead mm-hmm. because they are fucked up. Um, and it's like, it's kind of leaves you with like lacking hope, I think. Mm. But it's realistic. It's very realistic, yeah. Um, I I did enjoy the depiction of them in, in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Like they did not hold back with like the level of brutality. Yeah, that happened over there. Like at one point, one of the characters gets like his intestines fucking gutted out, and like when they find him, he, he has his dick in his mouth. I was like, oh man. Uh, um, or the one um, marine chopping off the other guy's head. Oh, booking Bo- uh, Bo- sorry, booking Moonbine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how he was psycho and he chopped off that dude's head and he was like, "This is our good luck charm." Yeah, and then everyone was complaining like, "Dude, that the head is like decomposing in your backpack, like it stinks." Yeah, I mean, technically he was kind of right because as soon as they got rid of that head, they got fucked up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were getting shot, and blown up, and everything like that. Yeah. Um, of course, Chris Tucker. Man, I I I do miss Chris Tucker back then because back then Chris Tucker. His, his style of comedy was really funny. It was, like, fast, the way how he would talk, but you can still understand it. But it was, like, still kind of, still crass, but, like, make you laugh as hard as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that really great line where um, where they're, everybody's, they're putting the plan together of how to do the bank heist and how many men they need and everything. Keith David's like, oh, we need one more guy. And Chris Tucker's like, you might as well put an ad in the newspaper trying to bring in everybody's fucking job. <laughs> he said something like, "You're gonna be splitting the reward, uh, uh, splitting what we get, fifteen ways or some shit like that." Yeah. And I was just like, "Damn, that shit's good." <laughs> um, I thought it was really interesting how 
how we get a role reversal, role, role reversal with Chris Tucker and Bokeem, uh, Bokeem Woodbine. Um, there's that scene in the, when, in, when they're in Vietnam and there's a huge gunfight and Chris Tucker's character Skip is like frozen. You know, he can't get up and Bokey Wunkbite's character is just like blasting everybody and all that kind of shit. However, when they're out in the real world and they do the heist, Bokey Wunkbite's character freezes at that moment where he's supposed to, he's trying to stop this cop. And Chris Tucker like just shoots the guy. Mm-hmm. So we get like a complete role reversal between the two. And I yeah. thought that was, I thought that was really interesting how they, they display that between the two characters. Yeah. Um, I think that I, I'm not really sure what else to touch on because they, mm. they did do um, a pretty thorough, like story mm-hmm. before they got into the heist. Mm-hmm. A lot of sh- a lot of um, movies don't really do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm just saying I don't know how to feel about it because it was kind of long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like this movie's close to like two hours long. And you don't need to know everything. Yeah, that's true. Um, his uh, one thing I would probably have to complain the most is um, when Anthony gets back from the war, and they kind of like really beat you over the head of how shitty his situation is. Yeah, like there's that one part where like that Pip essentially like whoops his ass, mm-hmm. which after he just gets fired from his job. That wasn't paying him well enough anyway. Yeah, that and like not only that, like the the pimp whoops his ass, and then later we see his him and his him and his girl, and they get into that big fight, and he like chokes. It's like like we're getting it, like he's getting his ass fucking kicked, like we got it. Yeah, we absolutely got it. You know. Um, I don't like how they transitioned between. I'll call it story A and story B. Because mm. all of a sudden they're talking about a heist. And I'm like, whoa, where did this come from? Yeah. Like, it didn't... Yeah, I felt like they didn't, they didn't They didn't. give you enough hints to be like, this heist is coming. Yeah. Or like, or his last choice is to do this heist. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It didn't... And he didn't seem like he was the kind of guy to do something like that. Yeah. So it was kind of double not earned, I guess. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Like everybody else who were involved that involved in that heist, like uh, Skip, you can see Skip doing that kind of shit. Um, Jose, even Keith David, because when we get the Keith David character, he's like running numbers and stuff like that. You know, he's like into some shady shit. So the fact that like he's one of like the architects of this uh, heist, you're like, all right, totally picture. Well, uh, Lawrence Tate's character used to actually help him with that. No, I, yeah, but it I, was more of like a kid thing, right? Like yeah. he could get away with it because he was a kid. Nobody paid attention to him, whatever. But yeah. he seemed like he was like a pretty moral guy and wanted to do things right. Yeah, and he tried to by trying to like get a job and work and take care of his kid and everything and his and his girl and they're expecting another kid, but um, I mean, the war just fucks you up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he was really fucked up by that shit. Yeah. Even um, Delilah, um, even you could see her character getting into something like that because mm-hmm. it's like sticking it to the... To the man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so do you think... I mean, this is your first time watching it, obviously. Do you think this movie still holds up uh, to today? Yes, I do. Awesome. I would have second that, that notion because mm-hmm. I love this movie. 
soundtrack is fucking fire as shit. <laughs> Love that soundtrack. Um, so, okay, so you said that Dead Presidents kind of does a representation of Vietnam and people coping with that when coming home. Mm-hmm. No, you were saying that it does that better than um, uh, The Five Bloods, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you th- do you think you can elaborate on that a little bit more, or you just... No, I will. Um, the Five Bloods actually doesn't show anything about right after the war. Mm-hmm. It shows them in the war, and then it shows them as their old men. Yeah. So um, that was like a missed... Missed opportunity? Missed opportunity. Mm. Um, but also... Um, with Del Rey Lindo's character, mm-hmm. um, and how he had PTSD, mm-hmm. but you couldn't tell if he was just fucking crazy because he was a Trump supporter or if it was PTSD or what. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't do a very good job of elaborating on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But with Lawrence Tate's character, mm-hmm. he became an alcoholic. He was angry. Um, there, there's even a line in the in the movie where. Um, after he's come back, his mother says, you know, all, you know, um, our, our people are going over there and they're coming back with alcohol addiction, um, drug addiction or whatever, you know, and she's like, you know, I hope you didn't bring back anything with you. He goes like, no, I didn't bring back anything. He goes, except for the need to kill. Yeah. He says, it's like a line, something like that. But the fact that his mentality is like, yo, like I, I'm still there. Like I, I still can pull the trigger so easily. Yeah. Um, And I think it's interesting, too, how um, precarious his emotional state is. Like, he comes back and he's like, I don't want to talk about it. But he seems kind of okay. Mm -hmm. But everyone's, like, expecting him to talk. Like, tell me about it. And it's, like, forced into his face even more, even though he wants to move on from it. And he can't. And it's just, like, he... He can't move on because he can't find a good job. Like, everything just gets worse and worse. And I feel like that does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, like, nowadays in the military, they have, a like, a transitioning program. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, when you're going to get out of the military um, and you've been active duty, they ask you, um, they give you, like, a few trades that you could choose from. And you mm-hmm. go to school for it Yeah. Um, before you get out of the military. Like they, or no, I don't think you get out of it. They give you like a little class on oh, what okay. it's about. Oh, okay. And then like when you get out of the military, you can use your benefits to go to school. Like mm. my ex went to trucking school mm. and became a trucker. So it's like uh, troops to truckers or, yeah. like, oh, okay. you know, like they have all these little yeah, programs. Doesn't, doesn't, uh, what's his name? Adam Driver. Doesn't he have a program for, for military who get out of the who people who get out of the military and they get into acting but like it's a form of therapy or something mm-hmm. like that yeah okay that's one thing i really like about him yeah, that guy's cool <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i would have to also agree about the, the depiction of how war can really fuck you up mm-hmm. um, um i think that presence did a lot better did a lot a lot of better entertaining way um because the five bloods like that going to the first like i said going to the first hours like jesus shit we're still doing this but day presidents it's just like a, it's, the pacing is pretty good with like minor hiccups but you're still engaged with these characters yeah um even some of the side characters like skip or jose or even uh, or kirby you know yeah you're still involved with these characters um one thing i will say is that everyone deals with coming back in a different way yeah 
and though he he went towards alcoholism um i don't think that's a super fair representation mm-hmm. um because it's not like everyone comes back that way mm-hmm. and i know like when i was married and my like my ex came back from his first tour mm-hmm. i got really upset because he's like i want to go back yeah like, I've, and, I've, and heard, I, I've heard about that i've heard stories about that yeah like he felt more um I don't know, comfortable over there. Like, you get into a routine, I think. And yeah. Like, um, like, they have all these little things that are, like, kind of fun. Like, there are certain drinks, like, like Powerade or whatever. Yeah. Like, these drinks that you get, and it's, like, on a certain day or whatever. It was, like, a good day. Or, yeah, yeah. Or um, people go around with, like, boot, like, DVDs and stuff. And, like, you get exposed to things like, I don't know. Um, like, weird form. Doctor film. Who. You know, because that's how I got into Doctor Who, because he got, uh, okay. like, bootleg season one from um, from being overseas. Like, they were, like the the newly recent? Like, like first season se- one of the the, new, the oh. restart. Oh, so uh, Eccleston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then, yeah, so he came back and he was like, like, he wasn't there. Yeah. Like, he wasn't here with me, and, and it, it bothered me, because he's like, like, I missed you, but I want to be back over there damn yeah sorry to hear that <laughs> no i i'm genuinely sorry about that mm. you just like sugar like whatever fuck that guy <laughs> okay uh so that's gonna be it for our show for this week um you can catch the podcast on all podcast catchers you know uh spotify itunes stitcher we're on hulu netflix no, we're not. No, I don't. I wish. Um, we don't. We don't have video recordings. Maybe we should start doing that. <laughs> You're just like. Mm. I don't feel like doing my makeup once a week. Why? Oh, I do mine's once a week. Liar. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's natural beauty. You knew you just want an opportunity to show off your fucking Hawaiian shirts. Oh man, I picked up a Hawaiian shirt that I loved. Yeah, and every time you put it on, I'm gonna call you coconut. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, all right, all right. That's it. Um, okay, so next week we are gonna be reviewing uh, Shirley. Um, it's a psychological thriller that popped up on Hulu last week, I believe. Um, so if you guys have Hulu, watch it so you can prepare yourself for our recent review we're gonna go and pair that up with 1990s 1999's the talented mr ripley um that is available to rent on amazon youtube and apple itunes uh the topic will be (laughs) these psychos are making me thirsty yum yum (laughs) yum yum psychos (laughs) (laughs) um okay so we want to bid you guys adieu we hope you guys are staying safe um Wash your damn hands if you get pulled over by the cops. Uh, make sure to record every single second of that interaction. Um, Black Lives Matter. Make your donations to uh, any foundation that can help the cause. Don't forget you could do Amazon Smile. Amazon's uh, Smile helps out with that. And uh, yeah, so that's going to be it. I want to leave you guys off with a story um, that happened to me when I was a child. So... Before they essentially outlawed it, um, my school, so we would play dodgeball in our spare time. And there was one particular game where I played dodgeball with a friend of mine. His name was Henry. And Henry had this self-defense mechanism. 
where like if there was anybody that was about to whoop his ass and i was bullied he was bullied um if anybody whooped his ass he would just play dead just fall over and just play dead that was his best his best way to survive so one day we're playing dodgeball it was just him and i and we're on one side and the other side there was like six people had their the red balls ready to fucking fly and beat the shit out of us you know like recess yeah like recess yeah (laughs) so i looked at him and i was like yo man how are we gonna survive this like this is brutal shit and he said these words because he must have saw death president dead presidents he looked at me and these words were from uh they say cleon Mm -hmm. cleon played by bokeem mumbai it's better to check out than to go home all fucked up and then he played dead (laughs) 